For joining us today we are diving into a brand new series called you are not alone redemption after persecution you know i've heard the song that says trouble don't last always well that is the central theme of our new series to talk about how even though you may be facing persecution or you may have gone through personal persecution, things that have taken place in your life, religious persecution, there is redemption that will come after the persecution. During this series, we're going to look at the lives of Job. We're going to also look at Jeremiah, John the Baptist, and yes, the life of Jesus Christ when he walked this earth. The word persecution means an act of harassing, oppressing, or killing people because of their differences from society. Christians are persecuted because of their beliefs in Jesus Christ as Savior and because they don't conform to the godliness of, of the sinful world. And so if we look in our present world, we see that there are different acts of persecution, like the unfortunate attacks that just happened in Pittsburgh on the synagogue in Pittsburgh, and we're praying for those people. The different um, attacks that have happened against churches all across the country, from the church in Texas, to all across the land. We have seen different violent acts of persecution and terrorism because of people's religious beliefs. Well, this particular series is going to address persecution on more than one level. Religious persecution and persecution that individuals may face as well as groups may face. So let's go straight into the word. Our focal scripture for this series is found in Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 through 12. And it reads, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and celebrate, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. The word righteousness refers to right standing with God and ultimately with people. Righteousness is when you find yourself in the correct relationship with God. From there, you can find yourself in the correct relationship with people. So righteousness is when you act in accordance with God's spirit. So the first thing we wanna learn is that persecution comes from the enemy. And if we're looking at the life of Job, Job chapter one, verse one, it says, in the land of us, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Now right away that tells us that Job was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He was not suffering because of sin. His suffering was brought upon because of the attack of Satan, 
the attack of the enemy. Because as we look over in Job chapter 1, if we go down to verse 6, it specifically lays out for us how and why the attack came up against Job. So let's look at verses 6 through 12. It says, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Now we know that scripture parallels other scripture. So here in scripture where Satan is responding to the Lord and saying that he has been roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. We know that there's a scripture that tells us that the enemy, he goes around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we know that that's the plan of the enemy. That's the plan of Satan, to devour the people of God. But watch what happens in verse eight. It says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now we know that the Lord knows all things. So we know that as Satan was roaming around, he must have stopped by Job's territory and the Lord knew about it. and that's why the Lord said have you considered my servant Job there is no one on earth like him he is blameless and upright a man who fears God and shuns evil now what a powerful testimony that is for the Lord himself to affirm Job to Satan and it says in verse 9, Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herbs and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. In verse 12, it says, The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So Job's persecution came directly from Satan. It wasn't God that did it, and it was not because of sin. Many times in the body of Christ when we see people going through individual persecution, forms of harassment and mistreatment. We automatically say that that person has, must have sinned and that's not so. Because looking at the life of Job, it wasn't because of sin. Remember the Lord himself said Job was blameless and upright. So we see in Job 1, 13 through 19, when Job lost everything from houses, riches, cattle, and even his own children, he still worshiped God. He still Praise God. How many times do you go through persecution, harassment, and you go get so frustrated that you stop worshiping God? You stop going to church. You stop believing God. You blame God. You get frustrated with God himself, but not Job. Because in Job 1, 20 through 22, it reads, at this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. This was at the word that his children had been overcome and had died. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing.
So Job never accused God. He never blamed God. Job worshiped God before, during, and after his form of persecution. Job was being persecuted by the enemy. He did not sin. He did not blame God. So the scripture tells us in Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, it says, On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered him, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Remember, he goes around seeking whom he may devour. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity. Though you incited me against him, to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life, but now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. See here, the Lord affirmed Job yet again. The Lord affirmed that Job was blameless, he was upright, and he still maintained his integrity. In the midst of persecution, you must maintain your integrity. It's so easy when you're persecuted or harassed, you're going through trials and tribulations, it's so easy to take your heart and mind off of the things of God, to take your focus off of God. But like Job, you must maintain your integrity. Here the Lord affirmed that Job was being persecuted for no reason. It was simply an attack of the enemy. And what is the Lord? The word of the Lord to you is that you're under attack by the enemy. It is not God that has set this against you, but your enemy, the enemy, Satan himself. And so you must remember that you have to maintain your godly integrity. You still have to worship God in the midst of your persecution. Another point for us to remember is persecution from people. See, Job not only faced persecution from the enemy or Satan himself. See, we all know the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what John 10 and 10 tells us. But God came that we would have life and have it to the full. That's what John 10 and 10 lets us know. But what does it feel like to be persecuted by the people that are the closest to you? friends that you sold into the lives of. Remember the scripture tells us that Job was the greatest man in the east. He had cattle, he had herds, he was a very rich man. So to be friends with him, I can imagine that you never missed out on anything if you were a friend of Job. So his friends turned on him. If we look over in Job 6.14, it says, anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. See, what happened with Job, when Job began to go through his persecution and he was afflicted in his body, 
and there were sores all over his body, his friends came to him and they told him that it must be because of sin that you're going through this. How many friends out there that'll kick you when you're down? They're not a friend to you. If you're going through something and you're suffering and the very people that are around you that you have served, that you have helped, that you've sold into the lives of, into their lives, and then when you go through your moment of persecution, they blame you for it. You know, it's interesting to see that that happens sometimes. I remember when I was serving in the church years ago, right after I graduated from undergraduate school, I had just lost one of my sisters to murder. And at that point, I had decided that I was gonna be sold out for God. I was just gonna jump head first into everything that the Lord has for me. I started working and serving in the church unto the Lord, taking friends of mine in my car, my beat up rusty car that I had at the time, driving them to church, ministering to them. I had a friend who was going through a domestic violence situation and she was often running from her husband. I would pick her up and take her to church. And then she tried to commit suicide one time and the hospital called me because they were gonna Baker Act her. They had an emergency room and I stayed overnight with her, slept in the same hospital bed, spent the night there ministering to her, helping her get her life back on track, helping her when she was going through um, a domestic violence with two small children at the time. I remember I was serving in a church, persecution came. All of a sudden, someone who didn't get the position that I got in church got upset, started spreading rumors about me throughout the church for, with, with, that I was involved with people that I didn't even know in the church weren't even members of the church at the time. In fact, I think the person was just a visitor at the time, wasn't even a member of the church. And the rumors went all around the church and they got back to my friend, same person that I ministered to when she was in the hospital. She came up to me one day and she said, Frida, you know, I don't think we could be friends. And I said, why? Because you're a bad influence. So my question was, when was I a bad influence? When I was laying in the hospital ministering to you as you tried to commit suicide? when I was paying your rent when you couldn't afford to do so, when I picked you up in my broke down beat up car and brought you to church. See friends sometimes, when you're going through a period of persecution, they're the main ones that'll turn their back on you. They're the main ones that'll blame you because sometimes they only see you for what they can get from you. There's a difference between a friendship and a usership. See a friendship is two way. Friends don't turn their back. Friends don't blame each other when you're going through things. A usership is give me, give me, give me. And see, Job had people in his life that were taking from him when he had plenty. But the moment he lost it all, the moment his body was afflicted, then they blamed him. They assumed he was in some form of secret sin or why else would God allow this to happen? But the Lord himself affirmed Job. See, many of you are going through persecution and you're looking for your friends and your family and those close to you to affirm you, to stand up for you, to try to help you, to plead with God on your behalf. And what you're getting is more and more persecution. Job's wife, the one that was the closest to him on earth. See, a wife is supposed to be a help me. She is supposed to have her husband's back. She is supposed to lift him up when everybody else puts him down. His own wife said, curse God and die. 
His own wife tried to get him to commit suicide, to give up completely, to turn away from God. The people that are closest to you sometimes turn their back on you when you're being persecuted. Job endured that, yet he still remained blameless. He still kept his integrity. He still trusted God. Under the sound of my voice, there's some of you that are going through some rough times and the people that you expected to be right there at your side have been silent and just watched you suffer or they have literally blamed you for what you're going through. See, Job experienced that. His friends turned on him. They blamed him for it. They thought he was living a life of secret sin and that's why God was allowing him to undergo persecution. Job's friends were probably jealous of him. Remember, the Bible says that Job was the greatest man in the East, and he was very rich. So probably his friends were jealous while he was going through and secretly wished him pain. How many of you have friends out there that secretly wish you pain? You can tell by the way they react. You can tell by the things that they say to you when you're going through what you're going through. Beyond the physical loss that Job endured, the pain in his body, the sores all over his body, he had to deal with accusations and his wife told him to give up on God. I'm here to tell you, my brother, my sister, do not give up on yourself. Maintain your trust and your faith in God because God is right there with you. Though you may be going through a struggle, though you may be going through trials, tribulations, God is with you. See, Job became the laughingstock of his friends. It says in Job 12, verse 4, I have become a laughingstock to my friends, though I called on God and he answered. A near laughingstock, though righteous and blameless. And in uh, Job 12, verse 13, it says, To God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are his. So this lets us know that Job, despite the persecution, still gave God the glory, still worshiped God. So in the midst of your persecution, whatever that harassment, that persecution that you're facing, you still have to give God the glory. You still have to trust God. Job was at his breaking point. He was at a point where he was about to lose his mind. And even though he was about to lose his mind, his wife is the closest person to him on earth. She conspired with her friends to destroy his faith. She was not there to support him as she should. Many of you are not only dealing with persecution, but you're dealing with abandonment from family and friends during your persecution. You feel like you're all alone. See, that's the title of this message. You are not alone. Not only are you not alone because the Lord is with you, but you're not alone in that you're suffering persecution. Christians all around the world are suffering persecutions. People have dealt with persecutions in groups and individually since the beginning of time. You are not alone. And guess what? God is not a respecter of persons. Just like he delivered Job and restored him, he will restore you. But you must maintain your worship of God. 
You cannot let even those that are close to you cause you to give up on yourself or God. Don't ever think that God is punishing you because he's not. The attack that you have undergone has been by no one but the enemy of your faith. The enemy of your faith. Friends blaming him. Job lost everything. His wife urged him to give up. But don't give up. Because in the end, God restored Job. And God will restore you. God rebuked Job's friends. And God will rebuke your friends and those who speak ill of you during your persecution. Job prayed for his friends and God restored all of Job's fortunes and gave him twice as he had before. Because it says in Job 42 verses 10 through 13, it says, After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all trouble the Lord had brought on him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. So that lets us know, the scripture lets us know that his latter days were better than his former days. That in the end, after he had suffered all the trial and tribulation, all the persecution that the enemy brought upon him, that his friends and his, and his wife brought upon him by blaming him for the persecution, and trying to get him to give up on his relationship with God and on his life. At the very end, when he stood his ground and kept his integrity, the Lord restored him and gave him twice what he had before. Some of you on the sound of my voice, it is time for you to receive twice the blessing. It is time for you to be restored. You need to be restored in your faith. You need to be restored in your relationships, restored in your finances, restored in your marriage, restored in your home, restored on your jobs. There is restoration coming to your house, but you must continue to worship the Lord. So right there in your home, if you would just lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord and say, Lord, regardless of what has taken place in my life, I am not going to stop worshiping you. I am not going to turn my back and run from you. I am not going to give up because I know that you are right here with me in the midst of persecution. You have got to serve God during the good seasons and the bad seasons. The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. So there are good and there are bad things that happen in everyone's life. And if you have a purpose and a plan for God, you have to understand that the enemy walks around. He roams around seeking whom he may devour. And if you are someone that is sold out to God, that is walking right before him, that is living in accordance with his will, you are a target for the enemy. 
That's why you have endured this persecution. It wasn't the plan of God. It wasn't as a result of sin. Don't listen to the naysayers and those that are speaking ill things in your mind. Understand that God is right there with you in your circumstance, in the midst of your persecution. And today is your day of restoration. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord God, we thank you, God, for everybody that's under the sound of my voice. We thank you for the restoration, the healing, the redemption that is coming to your people right now, God. We thank you, Lord God, for lifting heavy burdens. God, your people have been suffering and going through tribulations and trials for a long time now, God. People that they love and that they have helped and sown into their lives. They have walked out, they have turned against them, and they have blamed them for God. But we know, Lord God, that it wasn't them. We know, Lord God, that it wasn't you. We know, Lord God, it was a trick of the enemy. And we know, Lord God, that you give them victory over it. So right now, God, we thank you for restoration coming to your people in their marriages, in their homes, in their finances, in their bodies, in Jesus' name. We thank you for healing coming to those bodies, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, for healing diabetes, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, healing of cancer and AIDS, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, there's someone being healed of leukemia, in Jesus' name. They said that you were at the end stages of leukemia. Stage four is not the end. Because God says, I'm touching that body right now. Thank you, Lord God, for healing from breast cancer in Jesus' name and pancreatic cancer in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for removing brain cancer and tumors throughout the body and blood cancer in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for restoration for that hypertension and that high blood pressure in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, and I speak healing in that body, that childhood, that child, that person that has a child that's suffering with a rare disease, a name that you can't even think of. I thank you, Lord God. I want you to call the phone, the prayer line. And I don't say this lightly. You need to call the prayer line. The Holy Spirit is speaking directly to you. It is a disease. The doctors have told you that your child has a disease and you cannot pronounce the name. The Lord said he's healing. He's healing that child right now. And you need to receive it. I don't know who you are. I've never said this or done this a day before in my lifetime. And I've been ministering a long time. I've never said this before a day in my lifetime. And I don't play when it comes to healing. I can feel it all over me. The Lord says he's healing your child. The doctors have told you to give up. But he is healing that child. There's restoration coming. You've been wondering why this happened. Was it because of anything that you did before the child was born? Was it because of any sin that was committed? Religious people and people that thought they meant well, that you thought meant well, tried to tell you all kinds of reasons why it happened. God says he's healing them. Thank you, Lord God, for restoration. Be blessed. Join us next week as we go into second part of our series, You Are Not Alone. We will be talking about the life of Jeremiah. God bless you.